stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live ones too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theatre. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now. I'm leaving. Hello and welcome back. We are breaking up with RBS. This is episode number 60 and I am Tani Santabria. And I am JDK Winnikin, the big 6-0. Yeah. Wow, we've been debunking some junk for a while now. <laughs> yes, we have. 60 whole episodes mm-hmm. full of BS. Yes. To do- <laughs> Not us, hopefully. Well, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But that's right? okay. We're, we're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> we are used to it, and uh, and welcome to all of you listening. Uh, thanks so much for doing so. If you're listening as a podcast, thank you so much for subscribing and for leaving us a review. Really appreciate it. If you're listening live, good morning. Hope you have a good cup of coffee. A strong cup strong of coffee. Strong cup of coffee. Uh, and, of course, you can uh, find out more uh, about uh, Tawny and myself. You can actually seek uh, video versions of this at our YouTube channel, Breaking Up with RBS. We also have a Facebook page of the same name. You can jump over there, get more interaction with us between episodes, some other content. Find out more about Tawny's six-week self-mastery course. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Yeah, it's going good. It's going yeah. good. We're all over the place. There are a lot of people mastering themselves. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, yeah. hopefully, even if it's just for a moment, <laughs> right? Because it's about moment to moment to moment. So, right, we're always learning, growing. Yes. And mastering. Right. In presence, right? Well, and that's what's so great about that course is that everybody gets to take all the things that we're talking about, apply them in their own context. Yep. See how this stuff works. Because really, in the end, we can talk about it all we want, right? It's not the same as experiencing it. No, we cannot talk about it in a way that somebody would get an experience yep. from an embodied place. Yep. Yeah. It's the difference between talking about swimming in the ocean and swimming in the ocean. Exactly. It's different. It is different. Mm-hmm. It is different anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. what are we going to talk about today? Oh, I don't know. You know, I'm, you know, my certification course is winding up. Yeah. How's that? Or winding down. Which one's the right? Winding, winding down. Up, winding down. I don't know. I guess you get to choose. It's winding down, <laughs> meaning it's completing. Yeah. I'm finishing it. And, uh, you know, we've been on this run lately. All these different things we've been looking at. We spent a month talking about happiness You know, and right now we're talking about success, Mm -hmm. you know, these big terms, you know, Mm -hmm. words that I know you like to take apart. I do. We do. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things I noticed is there's a lot of really interesting information out there about with happiness or the official name of it in the scientific world is uh, subjective well-being. Mm, Yes. You know, there's that. And there's all the different schools of thought on that, you know, and. Different schools of thought on what success is and all that kind of stuff. And I've, I've enjoyed learning about it. Uh, I've enjoyed reading about it, listening to TED Talks and all this kind of stuff. It's all really good. One of the things, though, that, that struck me about it is that it's interesting how much of, we, with you and I talking about getting into the body and the centrality of getting into the body, mm-hmm. how much stuff that's being given to me in the certification that's really heady, <laughs> it's, it's all in the brain. Mm-hmm. And... You know, not the body. And I re- recognize that, you know, part of my job as a coach is to embody more myself and that kind of thing. But it just kind of struck me that there's a lot that can learn out there, but all that head knowledge by itself, I, I just have this feeling in my gut, mm-hmm. really only goes so far by itself. Well, we have so much 
information out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of think about it as knowledge or information or concepts or theory or whatever word. We have a lot of words. We do. I think we have too many words, but whatever. You're a writer probably, so you disagree with me. <laughs> Not enough words. <laughs> there can be always more words. But anyways, that's another show. Um, <laughs> so lots of words, lots of lots of those that come into our head and we have to think about. Yeah. As opposed to experience. So we're going to get fed information about different sorts of studies and concepts and those kinds of things. But ultimately, to really know something, we also have to experience from an embodied space. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's it's something that I what I noted about it was really what that whole approach does. If you if it's all just about information, it's championing the analytical over anything else, mm-hmm. over the experiential, perhaps in this mm-hmm. in this case. I'm used to that on one hand. You know, my old academic training was all analytical. And of course, you know, when you read an opinion piece about some issue, it's analytical. It's making an argument, right? It's trying to take a certain position. Uh, you know, any debate you listen to is going to have that, right? Sports talk radio <laughs> is going to be about that. Maybe that's not quite as analytical. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's it just there's everything's in the head, yeah. right? And for what we're talking about, that's part of the problem, right? Is is because stories caught up in the analytical space, that's that's bad news. <laughs> Whether they're good stories or bad stories, right? Or about mm-hmm. good things or bad things. Mm-hmm. Well, it just keeps us in that thinking space only mm-hmm. for most of the time, mm-hmm. right? When we're connected with our body, then thinking, we're also experiencing from an embodied space and then having some thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but if we're not connected to body, I think that's, we don't learn to be connected to our body in that way. Yeah. Uh, we learn to think about things more, get more information, think about it some more and then get more information and think about it some more. That's right. And, and that's what creates, you know, good grades, mm-hmm. um, achievements, mm-hmm. uh, research, recognition, recognition, all the things mm-hmm. um, that were typically trying to get. Yeah. And yet, you know, for me, for years before I ever went anywhere close to this type of work, uh, I remember being so frustrated that I seemingly could talk a lot about what I thought about my feelings mm-hmm. and myself, but couldn't connect with my feelings or myself. Didn't have what we would call an experience of myself that was really grounding in the reality of who I am and where I am and how I see things. It just, I, I remember being so frustrated by that. I only have the language for it now, mm-hmm. you know, but that doesn't, it's, and I think that's why I was having these reactions to, to the work that I was doing. It's like, mm-hmm. this feels really familiar mm-hmm. and lacking. And, and not that they were putting it forward to be lacking. Yes. It was just, it's the kind of the information that's important to have, to start with, to talk about, to consider, to coach around. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it felt very limited mm-hmm. in that sense. Well, and, and if it's for a purpose, if you've got to learn a concept, we might not want to be overwhelmed with or searching for or connecting to or, you know, having an awareness of what's going on in our body necessarily in that moment. We might want to learn that concept. So our thinking space does do us mm-hmm. some good, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, and then we can kind of build that bridge and take that concept into our body 
when the experience takes place, I right? Like that, building the bridge. Yeah. So, and, and I think, I, you know, I was thinking about when you were talking about before, sort of like not being in connection with your body and emotions. Like we've been taught, you know, we've talked about this. We've been taught to move away from pain and discomfort what at all costs, mm-hmm. right? We numb ourselves from it with all sorts of distractions or substances or uh, escapist kinds of entertainment type things. We numb ourselves from that pain and discomfort all the time. Mm-hmm. We, we've been taught to kind of think our way through it as we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. We know that doesn't work. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. Um, and, and then, or also to make a problem out of it. Right. So when, sometimes when we really do let ourselves feel it, we're making a huge problem out of that feeling mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting ourselves connect with it mm-hmm. from a place of trust that the body can handle it. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about all of the problems that this is causing or how we're supposed to get away from this. Right. Right now I'm thinking of all the people I know who hate to cry. Yeah. Just as one clear example mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And we'll say so. Mm-hmm. I hate crying. Mm-hmm. I hate crying. You know, or you see them start, and it's like for a good reason, perhaps, and they don't want to do it. Yeah. And the fear of what, you know, you can tell there's fear. I mean, may, they maybe don't even articulate it, mm-hmm. but it's there, mm-hmm. right? And the idea to run away from it as quickly as possible. I can't tell you how many times I've been with people who said, man, I really hate to cry. And the next thing they do is they pick up something to help them cope. Mm-hmm. A, a drink of their drink at dinner, mm-hmm. right? Or turning to dinner to do, getting busy with something. Sure. Going sure. to another room and doing something else. Changing the subject. Changing the subject. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than sitting with that. Because, you know, getting into the body, what I've always appreciated about it with that is allowing those emotions to flow in my body. You, they expand. You kind of let them, let them run. And relatively quickly, it becomes, it becomes clear to me, at least, that I'm not about to be overwhelmed by them. They're not about to cause me any problems. They're not about to threaten me in any way. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's easier to sit with. And if we're not chasing it with a thought, <laughs> right, this is what we do. We have a feeling or we have a thought first and the feeling comes and we chase it with another thought, right? And so then we don't want it to flow because we've, mm. we've, We've actually grown it ourselves with our thought and then another thought and then another. So it does feel overwhelming, but mm-hmm. we've thought our way into an overwhelming state as opposed to it letting, letting it be what it is mm-hmm. in whatever capacity it came in. Mm-hmm. With. Yeah. Wow. There's so many examples I'm thinking of. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, either we have a thought about something that brought us discomfort last week driving in our car, all of a sudden the thought comes up, oh my gosh, I have a feeling about that. Maybe we were, um, you know, hopeful and excited about an outcome and that outcome didn't occur in the way that we had hoped. And so that was last week. And then this is now I'm driving in the car and then all of a sudden I think about that and I have a, a whoosh of emotion about that. And then I think how unfair that was. And then I get angry. And then I think, um, this mm-hmm. always happens, and then I get mad, and then I think another thought, and then I've added another element to my body uh-huh. around some kind of emotion. And then we think, feel this. What? 
I don't want to feel this. How do I get away from all this? Right. I don't have time for this. <laughs> you were fine. <laughs> Just a minute ago. <laughs> Just a minute ago. And four stoplights ago <laughs> that you don't remember what color they were. Right. You were fine. You were fine. Right. And that memory came in and then you chased it with more thoughts. Yeah. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, this idea that every thought that comes into our mind, we feel we have to indulge mm-hmm. because it came there for a reason. <laughs> Well, maybe not. <laughs> it it may not have come in to overwhelm us. Right. Might <laughs> have just popped up. Right. Right. It just might have popped up because our yeah. brain likes to think. Right. And then a memory pops up and then we're on the train. And that's the danger of making something a problem even when it does happen. Because if you do that, every memory you're going to have of it is going to kick up that same or the, the, the threat will be you'll call it a problem again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? Well, yeah. And then we were excited at least that we can identify problems. You know, we're we're definitely very aware because we're identifying all the problems around us. Because <laughs> that fixes everything, as we all know. We're all really good at pointing out. Actually, aren't we much better at pointing out everybody else's problems than we are at our our own? But I think it's both and. Okay. I think I think yes. I definitely think we have a very clear understanding of what everybody else's problems are. <laughs> all of us. Very clear. We feel very, very clear about that, People right? People just did things the way I did. Uh, yep. Everything would mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, we may not really have clarity there, but anyways, we believe we do. Mm-hmm. And and then we do believe we, we've we got some problems, too. That's we, true. They, they might not be the ones that are um, worth paying attention to, or they might not even be problems at all, but we definitely um, share our problems in our head to ourselves or or to other people. Man. Um and and yeah. I'm and then and then other people sometimes will help us either make it a problem or try and do their best to help us get out of it as quickly as possible. Right. You know, we think we're doing the right thing. We're sharing our feelings with somebody and then just ah don't worry about it or or oh you'll be fine or you know or maybe indulging in it when you don't need to. All, all of it, yeah. all of it. It's not not to say that we're not wanting to share ourselves with other people, of right? Course. I mean, we we if it's a place, if it's from a place of awareness, that sharing and connecting is super healthy. We want that. We want this, right? Yeah. Oftentimes, though, it's we're we're ruminating or we're we're making it bigger than mm-hmm. than it really is, or we've got some some blame there and some guilt there and some criticism over here and some contempt and over here and some resentment over here and we're adding all of this to the bucket and we can't even really clearly define the problem mm-hmm. we're wrapped up in mm-hmm. if if that's even a problem mm-hmm. or it can be really stimulating to have a problem yeah and and then we all get to pretend like we're solving it Whether we're like, oh, no, it's no big deal or whether we're like, holy smokes, I have the answer for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's a lot of energy around something that might be helpful, but oftentimes isn't. Right. And and from a place of real connection, there doesn't need to be that that kind of energy, does there? I mean, because if you're holding space for someone, you know, point of connection, at least for me, if I'm in a connected conversation with somebody who's sharing something difficult, I'm not going to try and talk them out of it mm-hmm. or necessarily even talk them through it. It might just be to hold the space 
you know, maybe saying things like, I can relate or I, you know, that must be, yeah, that sounds tough. Mm-hmm. You know, validating that clearly it's tough for them. Because that, but that's a different type of energy, it seems like. Yeah, I, you know, I think when I'm thinking about sort of just, you know, how we typically as, as friends or family members or, you know, close, um, in, a, in close relationships, how we typically sort of just vent about things mm. or complain about things with each other or, mm identify problems in that person over there with each other. It's like <laughs> those this. offhand things. Yeah. Those things that we that tend to make up a lot of our conversation. Mm-hmm. We think about gossip. Like a lot of our conversations are about things that probably aren't really problems mm-hmm. that we've identified as problems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or somebody else has really interesting problems. Um, <laughs> or we have a problem with somebody else who's very interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because because we keep talking about them yes, <laughs> and their problems, everywhere. right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's part of the thing. And certainly um, as as coaches, there's there's that training around being able to hold that container like you're talking about, sure. holding that space for people to share whatever it is that they want to share without jumping in to the bucket of problems with them, <laughs> right? Like, and another thing. <laughs> another thing. <laughs> you know, you haven't mentioned this yet. <laughs> you know, let's just toss this grenade into the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking with one of my clients the other day and she was just a decade or more of just a lot of negative conversation around and with the family dynamic. Mm. Like she, you know, when she talks about, talks with her extended family members, there's just always conversation about, well, that family member and why doesn't that family member do it right the way that we do it? And, and then if, and so she's finding herself like, oh, that energy around always having to talk about problems and how mm-hmm. we, this person did it wrong or that person did it wrong or nobody likes her anymore or what, whatever the stuff is, right, just became super taxing. And she just decided and got clear that that wasn't the kind of conversation that she wanted to have anymore. But then that limited her time with these family members because that's kind of the way the family sort of does things. Yeah. It's the dance. Mm-hmm. The dance. Mm-hmm. The dance. That can be really hard to even question the music or the, the moves or whatever. Well, you can only do it for yourself, right? right. At one, at one day, she was all in it for a long time. Like, this mm-hmm. is, she didn't even know this was the dance we were doing mm-hmm. until she decided to look really clearly and and become more aware and thought, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been doing this dance, but you know what? I never felt good when I got home after this one. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's amazing how that can happen. I, I had a client not too long ago who, at the very beginning of the session, kind of laying out what he wanted to talk about, didn't stop talking for about five minutes as he laid out story after story of a similar dynamic it was family related, but all these hypothetical things that this person was thinking or that must be this person is doing because they always do that. And historically they do that. And, you know, and all of a sudden, uh, there were about six different hypothetical conversations or situations going on when this person, I asked them about pretty much what was happening in the present. That was what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, I just, I asked the question, how much of that do you know for certain? 
And there was a long pause and, oh my God, none of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything after that, just let that sit. And that, them being able to see that went, all of a sudden went, oh wow. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of energy expended over absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, at least in this moment. Right. right. Maybe they're guessing right. Maybe they aren't. But you don't know. And at the expense of the moment, and at the expense of, in this case, his own health. I mean, his energy was, he was so stressed out, so mm-hmm. anxious, so frustrated, so fearful. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he started asking himself the question, was it really worth it? Yeah. There wasn't much I had to say. Right. Right. Yeah. And we've, and going back, like we've been taught to do all of that anticipating. And ask ourselves, okay, what if? What if this happens and this? Okay, so they always do this thing, so that means they're doing this thing again. And so then they're going to say this. And so I got to be prepared for what I'm going to say next after they say this. Mm-hmm. Like we've been taught that that is the way to protect ourselves from something going awry. Yeah. Right? And so he's not doing anything other than probably what he's no. been taught no. and has done forever. And then just one question will have him, you know, sort of rethinking this yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, I rec- I I empathize with him a lot. I've I've done that mm-hmm. mental gymnastics routine, oh, countless times mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah, and it's exhausting. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, and and where we've been working, where we've been working is has been more of exploring where the areas where more energy could be spent in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Right. He feels overwhelmed with these types of negative, these types of hypothetical scenarios. And it's at the expense of what he has going on in his life, which is all really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Successful career, you know, real good prospects in lots of areas of his life. And he can't hold on to them very well. Well, when we go back and think about energy management, mm. if he's spending so much of his energy in what's not real, mm-hmm. then he's not going to have the energy to give to what's real. Right. Yeah. And it's costing him real things, mm-hmm. real yeah. hours of sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> real time and effort to make healthy food for himself, mm-hmm. to take care of himself physically take care of his requirements at his job. You know, <clears throat> those are real costs. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk a lot on here about, you know, you spend all that extra energy. Well, that energy has real tangible results wherever it's getting spent or not spent. And what we're talking about on here every week is about how can we, how can we have our energy in the best places for us to build better lives for ourselves that fit with our values and feel better and not so stressed about things. Because almost without exception, and I don't know if this happens to you with your clients, you've been doing this a lot longer than me, almost without exception, everybody says that's what they want on some level. Well, yeah, we, people want to feel better. Better, less stress, yeah. more connected, mm-hmm. they more wanna, doing what I want to do. They want to have more energy. They yeah. want to be able to move with a greater ease yeah. generally, yeah. right? Want to be able to, to think or process or experience life mm-hmm. more clearly. Mm-hmm. They want, they want to get their own BS out of the way. They just don't know how to necessarily spot the BS. Well, because well. none of us learned how to do this. That's right. Right? So now we're learning that we have so much of it 
Exactly. And we need to finally pick the poop up. <laughs> Put it in the baggie. Put the poop in the baggie. Toss it off the yeah, bridge. That's what we need to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. Well, so, I mean, public service, what we're doing here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, and so that's the thing. And, they, and the encouraging thing, too, is is once you can connect with, I mean, sometimes it just takes a simple one question mm-hmm. to begin unraveling a gigantic knot. Yep. You know, it doesn't take that much necessarily, right? I think we're also conditioned to think that in order for us to get to a quote-unquote healthier space, we have to do years and years and years and years of legwork to get somewhere. We can actually start experiencing improvement mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that to me is the fun part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should talk about that next time. We should. Mm-hmm. The ease of it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Well, then next time that's what we'll yeah. that's what we'll do. So in the meantime, thank you for listening to another episode of Breaking Up with RBS, the 60th episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels good. It does feel good. Mm-hmm. Feels good to get to those big numbers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So- All right, well, and we'll be back next week. And uh, until then, I'm J.D.K. Winnikin. Who are you? I am Tawny Santabria. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next week. Yeah. (laughs) How you all feel tonight? Stop, stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit.